listen to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Good morning. I bet you are still sleeping. I just want to bless you this morning. May the God of Jehovah bless you, guide you, protect you, everything you are doing. May the God lead you as he led the Israelites to their promised land. God will lead you far. My son, I'm blessing you this morning. God will lead you far. Okay? Just put your trust and hope and everything in him. And he will take care of everything. Okay? God richly bless you. In Jesus' name. Have a blessed day, my love, my son. Good morning. You are listening to Without Meaning, a concentrated treatment to reinvigorate intellect and imagination. Listen attentively from beginning to end, at least once. Once per what you ask, decide for yourself, and repeat as necessary. For best results, pair with a re- for best results, pair with a responsible intake of a stimulant of your choice. We recommend sunlight, fresh air, and human beings. Ingredients? Erudition, insouciance, concision, onomatopoeia, allegory, exposition, allusion, anastrophe, synecdoche, metaphor, ekphrasis, irony, verisimilitude, euphony, assonance, litotes, hegery, alliteration, metonymy. What to expect? Yourself. Aroma. Pain. Sound waves. <laughs> Possibility. Product texture. A Cowper's fluid. <laughs> Tasty. Feel. Stimulated. Transported. We recommend pairing this stimulating audio with the application of a consciousness. And who's trying to coach me into falling in love with envy now? You are listening to without meaning. A concentrated treatment to reinvigorate intellect and imagination. Listen attentively from beginning to end, at least once. Once for what you ask, decide for yourself. Over, he threw his body over his wife's body, uh, off-duty copy, 
Charleston Hartfield, he coached the youth football team. Uh, Hannah Allers, a full-time wife and mom to three kids, and uh, her brother called her Our Sunshine. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, you could also say about these people that they did bad things. Uh, they lied. They were hypocritical. They woke up sometimes in the middle of the night and thought, gee, I said this thing that I wish I hadn't said. I did this thing uh, that I wish I hadn't done. And the way I know that about them uh, is because that's true of every single person on earth. You know, St. Paul said, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I hate, I, I do. We are all in that battle. St. Paul also said, uh, we're not in a battle with flesh and blood, but we're dealing with rulers and authorities and cosmic powers over this present darkness. We're fighting the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And as you know, I, I don't like the word evil because sometimes we use it to obliterate our opponent. We don't have to argue with somebody if he's evil. But if you look at it from another way, it actually makes you more sympathetic with people when you realize we're all in the same battle with the same power of darkness that is very real and very true and that nobody actually wants to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about some of the ways that the heroes of Las Vegas dealt with it and what they what they have to say to us. Uh, Mona Sharon, the great Mona Sharon, a terrific columnist, is going to be on to speak with us. And uh, we got a lot of other things to say as well. Stuff I like. Uh, trigger warning. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is the Andrew Clavin Show. The price seemed reasonable. Location indifferent. The landlord swore it had potential and nothing remained but self-confession. I warned. I hate to waste a journey. I am African. I circled the space disappointed until I met this door in this light and the two combined made the trip entirely worthwhile. Lipstick coated Heels clicked, skirt tight around my waist, hugging my thighs, my ass protruded, long gold rolled cigarette holder piped, caught I was, thirsty, how dark, I had not misheard, are you light? Or are you dark? Rancid breath of public hide-and-speak, red booth, red pillar box, red double-tiered, omnibus squelched tar. It was real, shamed by ill-mannered silence, surrender, pushed dumbfounded to beg supplement. I beg you. Consider this. Are you dark or very light? Revelation came. You mean like like plain chocolate? Like like milk chocolate? Like like cacao? Rich? Raw? Full? Dense? Her, her accent was clinical, crushing in its light and personal. Wavelength adjusted. I chose I am uh, East African sepia. 
as an afterthought. An upgrade from the West African mud. Silence. That's not too dark now, is it? Not altogether. Facially, I am... Photogenic. Slim. Angular. Nose. Lips. Cheekbones. None of it has been damned. None of it challenged. Madame. Bottom Raven Black. One moment, Madame. Madame. I plead. I plead with you. See for yourself. You loving yourself the way you are, and because when you do that, you carry yourself in such a way that is sexy, right? It's a confidence that starts from within and exudes outward. So, this is my um, challenge for you this week. Talk to your daughters about what it is to really be sexy because you know what if you don't have a conversation with her she is going to formulate her own opinion of what sexy is and what it means and how she should act in order to be sexy and the things that are going to influence how she defines sexy is going to come externally it's going to come from the media it is going to come from her going to come from, again, this is media, but magazines, television, movies, not probably where you want her to get her definition of sexy. Okay, so I hope you have a great week. If you have not already signed up for one of my upcoming mothering and daughtering workshops that are being held here live in Austin, Texas, both in a southern Austin location and a northern Austin location. I highly encourage you to do that. This is a course um, that every mother and daughter need to take together. It is absolutely priceless. You are going to love it and get so much out of it and your relationship with your daughter is just it is going to be like this. I think that was like a subconscious move that I made when I did that. Okay, great. Again, have a beautiful, joyful weekend. Love you. I would love to hear from you too. Send me an email. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. A little something about the author. We're dealing with the child of divorce, which means there are a bit of delays and fluctuations in which the can respond accordingly with various
salty is what some would call disorderly conduct. A little something on the off-road. We're dealing with the shallow divorce, which means there are a bit of delays and fluctuations in which the symbols spawn accordingly to various cis-normative and euro-normative. Who's trying to coax me into falling in love with envy now? What constructs do I have to be a part of so that I can feel a little better? Why, oh why, do I have to find myself in my ability to bounce back and reset back to sign up the organization? I don't care. I'm privileged enough to have a nice face by Eurocentric standards. Some would say, fuck, I'm privileged, looking good, feeling sexy, so legs long enough to send a seductive picture rather than inappropriate. That's all the difference in She says they always send dick pics her way. I said, do you ever feel good about some of them? She says some of them are nice. I said, if somebody else, I sent her one, I'm in jail, fuck it. something about the off We're dealing with the child of the forest, which means there are a bit of delays and um, fluctuations in which the can respond accordingly to various cis-normative and euro-normative associations resulting in what some would call disorderly conduct. So I know that not every woman feels that she needs to put on makeup and do anything special with her hair before leaving her house. And there are many of women out there who are totally content wearing sweats and hoodies without worrying about what anyone else thinks. That's not a damn thing wrong with that. But for the majority of women, there are at least a few rituals that we hold on to just as tight as brushing our teeth and showering and perhaps grooming your hair somewhat reasonably before you leave your home. We pluck, we shave, we tweeze, we style, we moisturize, we exfoliate, we contour our way into feeling like ourselves, like our best selves in the mornings. While we can all stand here until we're blue in the face and swear that we only do these things for ourselves, there's a little part of us that does appreciate when someone notices, in the right context, of course. We're familiar with the term sex cells, and right, it does. You're grimacing at the idea of a bikini-clad supermodel sitting on the hood of a ridiculously expensive sports car deep-throated in a bacon cheeseburger while washing 
While watching these sports ads, you feel a bit insecure about this, but subconsciously you engage in the same behavior yourself day in and day out. You perhaps participate in your own objectification. No? There's a double standard. The only difference is perception. Let's address the issue of beauty standards. That's okay. That that's a really good question. I mean, Nietzsche is often classed with the existentialists, right? And so one of the tenets of existentialism. There's two real tenets of existentialism. There's more, but obviously we're oversimplifying. But one is that life is a problem. It isn't because there's something wrong with you. It's that life is a problem. 
And so that's often contrasted with the Freudian view, which is that if you have a problem, it's because something went wrong during your development. The existentialist said, no, no, it's like life is a problem, make no mistake about it. And that the purpose of the purpose of scholarship is in some sense to solve that problem. And so for Nietzsche, like he said, all truths are bloody truths to me. And what he meant by that was that if an idea didn't incarnate itself in you and transform your perceptions and your actions, then you were merely possessed by the idea. You were merely a spokesperson for the idea. Or you could say that the idea possessed you. You're a puppet for the idea. It's not you. It's the idea is in you and it has you. You haven't taken the idea and incorporated it with you and made it part of your life. And so there's a romanticism that's associated with that, right? That's the passionate scholar, the person for whom ideas are not merely, they're not merely what would you call abstracted representations that can be tossed about as if they're commodities. They're, 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 more, like per, they're more like personalities. That might be another way of thinking about it. And so if you're... If, if those ideas are compelling, then you don't... Like one thing I learned a long time ago, and I think this is probably relevant. You know, when I was a kid, I liked to argue. And I liked to win arguments or, or, or lose them, although I liked winning them a lot better. But I didn't really mind so much what the content of the argument was. You know, I, I could engage in it like a sparring match and it was in some sense to establish dominance right to establish intellectual dominance i quit doing that when i was in my mid-20s because i thought that that was too shallow an approach to the ideas they they're not commodities of that sort they're they're they have tendrils that reach down into the living that's the right way to think about it and so nietzsche's criticism of scholars and he did this a lot was that they were bloodless you know, they didn't, they were full of performative contradictions. That's another way of thinking about it. They'd say one thing and do another because their intellect was completely dissociated from their, from their actions. And he, he, he thought that was a very bad idea. And I think that that's a good criticism. I think it is a bad idea. I also think it makes for an extraordinarily boring lecturer. You know, because you can tell if you're... Li Old insurance sucks, but I mean, it's different. When you pay up, you take a small flash fee. goes to covering your stuff. So it's and who's trying to coax me into falling in love with envy now? What construct do I have to be a part of so that I can feel a little better? Why, oh why, do I have to pride myself on my ability to bounce back from these setbacks I signed up for? I don't care. I'm privileged enough to have a nice face by Eurocentric standards. Some would say, fuck it. I'm privileged, looking good, feeling sexy, legs long enough to send a seductive picture rather than an inappropriate one. That's all the difference, is it? She says they always send dick pics her way. I say, do you ever feel good about some of them? She says, some of them are nice. I said, 
if somebody else, I I sent her one. I'm in jail. Fuck it. Are you still there? Oh, wonderful. Take a listen. Enjoy. And she knows how to use her words to tell people she trusts 
about what's going on inside of her, her fears, her anger, love, dreams, mistakes, and needs. When she's angry, she expresses her anger in healthy ways. When she's joyful, she does the same thing. She doesn't hide her herself because she is not afraid of shame. She knows she's just human. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? I just have to tell 
lies of the double fiction of immediacy and intimacy. This here is me with myself now. Even superficial narratives that aim to denounce the conventions of beauty only strengthen the illusion of immediate, intimate immediacy through their critique of it. Perhaps it is the literal washing away of the hour's past, a paradoxical attempt to erase the past with every drop, embracing what remains and what is real. more real. The denunciation becomes a frame that is more real than the artifice it exposes and contains. You're listening to Without Meaning on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C., without meaning overtly challenges the expectations of the memory genres, confession, memoir, autobiography, journal. Its account of a conjecture life is a paradoxical attempt to erase ourselves with every word. You should be grateful for this failure. By telling you who we might have been, we give you a glimpse of who we are. 